Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 62, verses 1 through 2, verses 5 through 7. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall never be shaken. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. O God, rest my deliverance and in my honor. My mighty rock, my refuge is in God. Our second reading is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of the Lord. Our third scripture reading comes from the book of Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 through 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be distressed and agitated. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here and keep awake. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, for you all things are possible. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. He came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep awake one hour? Keep awake and pray that you may not come into this time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And once more he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to say to him. He came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Enough! The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. The word of the Lord. Good morning. For those of you who are visitors and those of you who may be watching by television, I am not Pastor Danny. He is in Houston with his mother this morning and uh, is visiting with her and supporting her. And uh, I'm honored to be able to be part of your worship service this morning. Grateful to be with you during this Lenten season. Pope Paul has called, Pope Francis has called Lent a wake-up call for the soul. 
Now, growing up in a non-liturgical tradition in southwest Georgia, on Sunday mornings before I went to Sunday school, my mother made sure that the lint was brushed off of my coat. And when I went on Saturday, Sunday nights with my grandparents to the Methodist church, and they could sing a lot better than the Baptists could at that point, they, in the Easter season, they started talking a lot about Lent, and I thought, they've really got a problem with Lent on their clothing at the Methodist church. And then I met this Presbyterian woman, and she started taking me to the Presbyterian church with her, and they had these wonderful Lenten services, and I discovered what a rich Christian tradition that has become so extremely important to me this whole experience of Lent has been. And meeting this Presbyterian girl who happens to be over here uh, was a wonderful gift from God because we ended up marrying one another a little over a half century ago. And now every Sunday morning before I leave from church, she brushes the Lent off of my coat on the way. But she's taught me more about love than I could ever have imagined. God blessed me when he brought her into my life. And God blessed each and every one of us here by the greatest gift the world has ever seen when he sent his son Jesus. I mean, think about this. How does the God of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all that we are, all that we know, and all that we hope to ever know, how does he let us know he loves us? That is what the Jesus event is all about. He became a human being. And that man we know as Jesus lived and died on the cross. And we can see in that the width and the depth and the breadth of God's love for his world and for each and every one of us here this day. And now we come to this season of Lent, a time of remembering, a time of waiting, a time of praying. And just as Advent is filled with joy and celebration, the Lenten season is filled with solemnity and abstention. And for some Christians around the world, this is a huge time of self-denial. For many Christians in America and for some of us here this morning, it is a time of giving up certain things to remind us of how much Christ gave up for us. Self-denial has always been a hard thing for me to do. And when I discovered the tradition of giving up something for 40 days during Lent, I initially wondered if it was going to be worth it. The first year I gave up sweet tea. It wasn't too hard. The next year I went with chocolate. Now that was a serious commitment to give up chocolate. And there have been other things along the way. And this year I've prayed about it. I've tried to think what would help draw me closer to God and help me live as the person he wants me to be each and every day. I've thought about what it is that I encounter each and every day that separates me from being the person I think God is drawing and calling and wanting me to be. And this year, Chuck, I'm, I'm sorry to report, I've given up the news. Now that sounds easy enough, and some of you are sick and tired of the news I know anyway, but listen. My life is a cup of coffee and the newspaper every morning. And I love my news on the hour on television and NPR when I'm in the radio, I mean, when I'm in the radio, on the radio when I'm in the car. And so this is truly a sacrifice. And if you've never given up anything for Lent, if you're looking at me and thinking, this guy's crazy, I would suggest you think about it as you move toward Easter. 
like Advent, Lent is, Lent is a time of preparation and anticipation that daily reminds us of our relationship with God and our walk with Him. What you give up is not important. Remembering why you're giving it up and reminding you of the ultimate sacrifice Christ made, that is the important part of this. One of the things that these 40 days of self-sacrifice for me does for me is to remind me how difficult it is for me to wait on things. I don't wait very well. You won't find me on Black Friday at any shop or store or mall waiting in line to shop. If there's a long line, I'm not going to be in it. In fact, if the traffic stops and it's a dead stop, I will drive 20 miles and 30 minutes out of the way not to sit still for 10 minutes in a, in a traffic jam. Now, there may be one or two of you that are in my same place at that point. I, I still remember my senior year in high school, I went to Rock Eagle to interview as a camp counselor at Rock Eagle. 4-H camp had meant so much to me all through high school, and I loved going to camp every summer, and I wanted to be a camp counselor at Rock Eagle. They spent the weekend interviewing us and testing us and having small group experiences, and then they gave us this 100-page test that was sealed, and it was going to be timed, and they said, now read the instructions carefully, complete the exam, and turn it in. Remember, we're timing you in this process. Well, I ripped it open once they set the timer, and I read the instructions, and I started marking all 100, and I finished just about before anybody else did. <clears throat> and then I realized I had goofed. For I read the statement at the end of the test. It said this, now that you have read through the test, do not mark any answers. Just turn it in with your name on it. If I had waited a bit longer, if I had read the instructions a little more carefully, I might have been able to be a counselor at Rock Eagle in the summers. Waiting. We spend a lot of our time waiting. Even the, even the Army has a motto for this. Hurry up and wait. Right, Terry? I wonder what you're waiting for this morning. Are you waiting for your next Amazon delivery? Are you tracking it? Are you waiting for your fig tree to bear fruit? Are you waiting for your vegetables to come up out of the ground? Are you waiting for your children to call? We spend a lot of time waiting, and sometimes waiting appears as though it's never going to end. You may or may not remember when you were about 16 and you were going to get your driver's license. It seemed as though it would never get here. Or maybe some of you women remember that summer when you were eight or nine months pregnant in June or July and you thought that baby is never going to show up here in the world. Or that anxious patient that waits on that doctor's report that they said, well, we'll tell you next Monday and you think, next Monday I need to know today. Sometimes even in the church we find ourselves waiting, waiting for the service to begin, waiting for the sermon to end, waiting for God. Wait, wait now, wait, waiting for God is, is that right? Waiting for, what in the world does that mean, waiting for God? The psalmist wrote, he wrote it twice right there in this, in this chapter. For God alone my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. For God alone my soul waits. Lent, if it is anything, it is a time of waiting 
for God. I wonder how you are waiting today. When was the last time you sat without any distractions waiting on God? Neuroscience tells us when we are passively waiting, our brain is actually at one of its most creative and imaginative states. That's why when you take a shower, you have those thoughts you've never had before. These are rare moments in mine and your life in the 21st century because of this thing in our pocket or our purse called a cell phone or that iPad or that television or that computer. We have constant distractions, and rather than waiting, we have BBS, busy brain syndrome, because we've always got something going on. I wonder what would happen if our time of waiting became one that kept us vigilant and open and aware, waiting on God at times during this season. When we are open to God's presence, God will surprise us in the most unexpected and wonderful ways. I'm convinced that God is waiting to meet us each and every day. I wonder where you're going to encounter him today. I went to an early morning meeting this past week, and if you were up early Thursday morning and you looked out your window and you could see the sunrise at about between 6.30 and 7, you would have been amazed. A persimmon red sun with clouds across it, so beautiful, no artist could capture it. No photograph could, repl- could re- reproduce it. It was spectacular. And it made me aware of how beautiful God's creation is at the moment. I wonder where you're going to encounter God's presence this season. Will it be in the friend you haven't seen in so long? Will it be in that baby smile as you stand in line waiting to check out? Or perhaps in the beautiful buds and flowers that are surrounding us during this season. God is here in the warp and the weave of each and every day. We encounter him in his creation. We hear him speak as we read his word. We can feel him, the movement of the spirit, and we know him most completely in his son, Jesus the Christ. Lent is that time of waiting when we're vigilant, open, and aware. And the prophet Isaiah offers us a promise that we must never, never forget as we wait. One of my Old Testament favorite passages and the inspiration of many songs. For they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. For some of us today, this is a promise we desperately need to hear. The sudden unexpected loss in so many of our lives the overwhelming demands of each day, the chronic illness that will not leave, the dark blanket of depression and sadness that seems as though it will never, never end. We need to know that God has not abandoned us in our moments of greatest need. We need to feel his presence. We need the strength that only God can provide. We need his renewal to see it through each and every day. Lent is a time of waiting waiting on God. And as we wait, we find ourselves in contemplation and hopefully in prayer. Lent is a time of waiting, but it is also a time of praying. According to the scriptures, prayer was extremely important to Jesus. In our New Testament text from the Gospel of Mark this morning, we see how extremely critical prayer was to Jesus at that point. 
He implores his disciples over and over to wait and pray with him in this time of struggle, in this feeling of abandonment, in this time of crisis. He wants to have them there with him, praying with him. But prayer for Jesus was not just something he did in the moment of need. Immediately after his baptism, according to Luke, he prayed. And in the Gospel of Mark, after his very first day of ministry, the next morning they were looking for him because he'd been healing and talking and preaching and greeting and meeting people. He wasn't in the house. He had gone out into the mountain to pray. And the disciples, when they asked Jesus one thing to, to show them, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to heal people, or Lord, teach us how to pray, uh, how to preach, or Lord, teach us how to be wise. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke 1.1. 1, 1. And he was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. I wonder how you were taught to pray. Did your parents or Sunday school teachers or the people around you teach you to pray, or did you pick it up through osmosis? As children, we internalize what's happening around us. Think about it. What was the very, one of the first, if not the very first prayer you ever learned? Think about it. I bet my first one was the same one as you. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. By his hand, we all are fed. Thank you, Lord, for daily bread. A simple yet powerful prayer. And the most important aspect of this prayer is not the wording but the fact that we paused and remembered that God was ultimately responsible for all that we're about to eat and really ultimately all that we've received. My parents practiced praying before meals and that was important to them and it became routine for me. In fact, prayer for many of us can become a routine, mundane, rote, habitual, or casual experience as it did to me as a child. It is something we do before meals, we do before bed, before surgery, are tough times. Many of us think about praying when life becomes overwhelming and we cannot handle situations for ourselves. It becomes part of our routine, like brushing our teeth. It's good spiritual hygiene. But prayer was so much more for Jesus and his disciples. And Lent offers us a time when daily times of waiting and praying bring us closer to God. It's an opportunity for us to deepen our spiritual life and encounter the living God in new and meaningful ways. I wonder during this Lenten season what would happen in each of our lives if we opened ourselves to Christ and said, Lord, teach us to pray. I am convinced that if Jesus needed to stay in touch with God each and every day, how much more do we need that each and every day? How's your prayer life this Lenten season? Whether you're 16, 36, or 76, is your prayer life energizing and meaningful or mundane and routine? Is it part of the ebb and flow of your daily life? This Lenten season offers us an opportunity for 40 days to deepen our relationship with God. And as we deepen our prayer life, it changes how we see the world. Prayer can change how we see the world. Judy and I have a couple of friends, Michael and Peggy Hester, that live outside of Asheville, North Carolina on a farm. A tough place, but somebody's got to live there. 360 view of the Great Smoky Mountains. And Peggy is an artist with paint and pencil and words, and she wrote something this week that she sent us. 
She wrote, friends facing life-threatening illness, surgeries, death, and diminishment seem to have become a theme for living for all too many of us. And yet, and yet, spring is springing in all of its glorious cockeyed beauty. Warm sunny days and cool gray nights both witness to the truth of change beyond our control while holding hope for new life in the buds and blossoms. The zaya and camellia are blooming extravagantly. From dirt that was mucky mud last week, green shoots pop up. Resurrection green from a muddy desert. Bird song and turkey gobble in the mornings and rabbits are everywhere zigzag hopping and jumping. From the cold gray silent death of winter comes the noisy, unrestrained, extraordinary beginnings of new life. What a gift we have been given. Spring has come again. What a gift we have been given. Spring has come again. And God's gift to us in Jesus reminds us that spring is not limited to this world. Spring comes again and can come again in each and every one of our hearts. That is what we remember as we wait and as we pray. As we draw closer to God, we realize that God is there waiting all along, waiting for us all along to become closer. When we pray to God regularly, irregular things happen on a regular basis. Our eyes can see, our ears can hear, our hearts can feel, and our lives are changed. Spring comes anew into each and every one of our hearts. God's Spirit moves through the dark and dusty places of our soul. Life is renewed and hope is rekindled. The words of Jesus to his disciple on that hill called Gethsemane are still the words he would say to each and every one of us today. Wait and pray with me. Lent is a time of waiting. Lent is a time of praying. May God bless us all as we wait and pray during this season of Lent. Amen.